team when we're trying to juggle these concerns that we have around, you know, sort of slightly darker times that the business is going through is how we handle things so we can overcome the team thinking that we're withholding information or not being authentic. Because as soon as our team starts to believe that, it starts to impact the trust within the team. And trust within a team is literally the most important thing. Welcome to Scaling Simplified. A weekly conversation diving into our knowledge of teams, finance, strategies, and startups to help you scale to seven figures and keep your freedom. I'm Pip. And I'm Georgia. And between us, we have over 20 years of experience in big corporates and small startups to share with you. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Scaling Simplified podcast and this week we are talking about how transparent you should be with your team as a leader. So this is quite a big topic I think and one that we all struggle with and a lot of clients uh, come to me and we talk about this and I think as a founder often we can be dealing with some pretty big stuff some big issues, some potential fallout that you feel might cost your team their jobs in the worst case scenario. It's really stressful to think that people's lives depend on your business, the decisions you make, and how you move forward in the business. But I think the most important point that I want to make on this topic is that you are not in this alone. Your team is in this with you. You know, it is their livelihoods. It is their jobs. It is their life as well. And I think too often we can shelter them from what's going on in the business. And then if things really do go south and we only then enlighten them, they might feel a bit like, hey, we could have helped, you know, we could have helped get through this. So how transparent should we be? And why is it important that we bring people in to understanding where the business is, the good, the bad, and the sometimes a bit ugly? What do you think, Pip? Oh, I love this topic. And I think it's such a valuable topic to talk about because it is so true. We sit with all these stresses on as business owners, and you can feel quite alone often in the stresses that you feel. And you know, it's definitely something I think about a lot, like how much do you bring people in? What level do you bring people in? But ultimately, if the stuff that's worrying you, there's a limit, isn't there, to to us? You can hold a lot of stress. And I think as entrepreneurs, we're actually pretty good at, you know, dealing with high levels of stress for long extended periods of time and thriving off it, to be honest. But there's a limit to the amount of stress and the amount of space you have to hold and, you know, worries and problems and issues and things that you're thinking about before actually impacts on your day to day. And if you work with somebody, you know, for more than about three minutes, they're going to tell pretty quickly if you're just not quite on form, like if you're just not quite your sparkling self, or, you know, we see it within our teams. You can tell when somebody's not, you know, necessarily had a great weekend or had some bad news. You can tell instantly in a friend or in a colleague when something isn't quite right. And your team can do this to you too. You know, we're not invincible, right? You know, the same things happen to us. We can't hide everything from our team because our team will know. And if you don't share some of these worries with your team, what can happen is, is that you, they sense that something's wrong but you're not then talking about it. And that creates this level of uncertainty within the team. 
and the trust starts to dissolve a little bit and people might be a little bit worried is it me did I do something does she just not like the way I'm doing something or you know I think people can get very much in their heads and then start to worry about things which actually they do not need to be worrying about at all and that's because your persona has changed a little bit around the team and obviously trust is one of the key things in creating that company culture and creating a a unified team that works together so if you you know, if you're starting to actually sow the stresses of things that are happening in the life and in the business, and you're not communicating why perhaps you're acting a little differently, or you're more on top of things than usual, or you're maybe, you know, a little bit more stressed than usual, your team might start then to create uncertainty themselves, which is then likely to lead to bad performance, which is going to create more uncertainty for you. Yeah, absolutely. That constant second guessing of your work within a team when you are worried, you know something's wrong. You know that that your boss is stressed about something and you're going to jump to your own conclusions. It's my work. It's the way I've performed in this. It's the way I'm doing this. I should be better at that. And then as soon as you add that pressure on, you're getting, you're making more mistakes, aren't you? And things go the wrong direction quite quickly. So I know as leaders, we're worried about causing this, you know, unnecessary stress for our team or creating this instability with with the team members. So we're kind of struggling with how much we tell them, but by not trusting them to understand that we are fallible, that businesses go through ups and downs, that we trust them to understand the problems the business is going through and to help us move past them, we're kind of not, we're not really buying into our team's full capabilities, are we? And then then we're starting to wonder, then I would wonder why you hired that team in the first place. So you hired this team because you wanted to be able to trust them. And, and you know, we've talked about this in other episodes. We want them to be on top of the outcomes in the business. So we have to feel like we don't need to protect them 100%. We can be a bit transparent when there are struggles in the business. Yeah, and I agree. You know how you said that often if something's wrong, you immediately jump to, it's me, it's my fault. You know, if somebody's acting a bit strange, you never think, oh, what's, you know, what's happening in their life that I can support them in? You immediately, and we do as humans, because, you know, we're built that way. We're built to look after ourselves. You immediately think, it's me. I did something wrong. It's something I've said. I've not done the work right. And I think that sometimes as leaders stops us from feeling like we can share because we're worried that if we're going to share things it's actually going to make our team more anxious and and feel less secure in their roles or feel that they're not doing a good enough job and also potentially you know things aren't going well you might demotivate people in the team or, or fear that you're going to demotivate people in the team and it's again it's those thoughts because you're thinking of your team actually you're probably going to create demotivation and anxiety by hiding what's actually happening with them rather than not telling them but I think that's a very valid fear that we often hold on to as leaders because we want to protect our team absolutely and sometimes it's the how like how do I tell them like how do I handle this slightly sensitive topic you know this financial struggle that the business is going through or this potential setback without making people panic without turning it into a really big problem and I think 
then it's getting practical, looking at the information, thinking about how you want to deliver that and thinking, okay, I don't want the team to feel unsettled. I want them to feel confident that we can move past this. So then we're starting to think about how do I handle delivering this information in a way that still makes them feel confident about the future of this business, the ability of us to like tackle this as a team and move past it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the how and also the how much. How much am I sharing with the team? What balance am I going to strike between being transparent about what's going on and also, you know, maintaining that positivity, making sure that, you know, we're celebrating achievements and progress, no matter how small and insignificant they may feel to you because you've got all the stress of everything else going on. But I think there's that balance that we need to think about of how much information we're sharing and then are we ensuring that we've not got our full focus on the negative we're also making sure that we're balanced in celebrating what is working and keeping that balance and motivation within the team yeah absolutely it is a big challenge and I think the biggest challenge we're going to face in in leading a team when we're trying to juggle these concerns that we have around you know, sort of slightly darker times that the business is going through is how we handle things so we can overcome the team thinking that we're withholding information or not being authentic. Because as soon as our team starts to believe that, it starts to impact the trust within the team. And trust within a team is literally the most important thing. And once we start letting that slip, that's when things start to unravel and really go wrong. So it's a very delicate balance between building that trust and that open communication, but also having a really good understanding of the team's dynamics, their needs, like how much information can they handle? It can differ from team member to team member, but can you give the responsibility of more information to one than another? So it's it's really knowing your team and how this is going to sit with them. So let's think about this a little bit in practice, okay? So imagine that you are leading a startup and you are facing some financial challenges. Perhaps you've had a few key client contracts drop out or you know they're gonna drop out. So as a leader, you know you know the spreadsheets, you know the numbers, you're starting to feel a bit of panic and uncertainty around, okay, how are we gonna keep paying salaries? How do we keep paying for rent? How do we keep dealing with all the costs we have as a business while we try to replace these uh, client contracts. So you might be worrying about this, keeping it to yourself, but we know when, as we said, we know when someone is debating something in in their head, we know when they're off. So suddenly your team members are kind of, they're noticing there's a bit of a decline in project volume. They're sensing there's some instability. They know they're working with the clients every day. They see that, but you haven't conveyed this is okay. You know, this is how we're going to move past it. So rumors start, people are kind of speculating amongst themselves, you know, maybe they're going to have to lay some people off. Maybe our jobs are not going to be the same. You know, they, they've jumped to conclusions because there's been this lack of transparency and that lack of transparency starts to erode the trust. Then, you know, the morale, the morale starts to falter and, And this all happens because people feel like they've been left in the dark a little bit. So you might even then have team members who think, God, maybe I should start looking for another job. Maybe the wheels are coming off here. You know, maybe I need to start thinking about where else I should go. I should protect myself. 
And often those are your team members that are the most proactive, the most motivated. So you might be losing your best team members or they're already starting to think about exiting. And it's really because you just haven't given any information on the situation. They can see with their own eyes what's happening in terms of client volume. They can see that you're not yourself. So they've jumped to all sorts of um, conclusions. And I think any of us that have ever worked in any team where there's been some uncertainty and we've had someone that hasn't convey, you know, the stormy waters that we're going through, we've seen teams jump into conclusions and making rash decisions and, and sort of moving on. So when things are challenging in the business, it's really key to try and foster that trust in the team, kind of keep the team informed. One of the the best ways I see people lead a team is with vulnerability. Being vulnerable in these times as a leader opens the trust and the empathy within the team. It kind of brings people together and And if they are committed to the business, if they are bought into your brand, if they enjoy where they're working, everyone will pull together and start moving out of the stormy waters, moving the ship forward. But it starts with that little bit of vulnerability from the leader and opening up that trust and communication. When you, as a leader, are vulnerable, you allow people, you give them the space to bring their concerns. And I think often our team, you know, they do, they're not stupid. They know that something's not right, but they possibly don't feel that they can raise these concerns because maybe they're seeing you and they're thinking, oh my Lord, she is stressed this week. This is not <laughs> the week to have the conversation about, you know, is my job safe or what are we doing about the, you know, the, the lack of sales coming in or whatever it might be. And I think when you lead with that vulnerability and say, look, you know, things aren't as great as they've been. These are some of the the issues we're dealing with. It allows, it opens up the door and lets people bring their concerns to you. And I think having that space to not only voice your own concerns, and we'll talk about, you know, how much we should in a second, but also allowing your team to be able to ask questions, voice their concerns will often be all they need to go. No, it's okay. She's got a handle on this. Like, things are okay but often people just need to voice those because if not the the thoughts go round and round you know in your head and and you don't you want your team to be sitting thinking about all the things that are going wrong rather than just getting on with their job. Pip have you got any examples from your own business because I know you've been leading a team for a long time now. So oh gosh there are so many things I can think of when it comes to you know when things haven't gone right or when you've had to be transparent there's been times where we've had to cut hours down for people, you know, when we've been really affected by changes in the economic climate. There's been times when people have been fired or left where you've had to communicate why that's been, you know, which is a difficult conversation to have. There's times when, you know, we haven't hit sales targets that we wanted to hit. And, you know, everybody's been working hard and it's no one's fault. And you have that sort of completely un unmotivated team because we've all been working really hard and for whatever reason it didn't happen and these are all times where you know if you come in as a leader you know and I can think of several times where you know I have been peeing my pants a little bit behind the scenes you know ready for this conversation that I don't really want to have but the sooner you have it 
gosh, the weight that is lifted once you've had that conversation. And I think often we sit and we stew on these things and we obsess so much about how much we're going to share, what we're going to share, exactly how we're going to communicate it, the exact words we're going to say and try and have an answer ready for every question that we might be asked we get so in our heads about it that actually by the time we just come out and say it, it never goes quite to plan. But every single time I found that it's really brought that team together back again. And it's really like fostered this like, okay, how are we going to deal with this? What are we going to do? And every single time, this is where you see, you know, the leaders and the team step up and you really see those people that you're like, yes, you are riding down team members. And, you know, I'm going to support you to the end and you will support me. And, you know, I think it's just one of those things, as you say, leading with vulnerability and just getting on with it makes such a difference. But one thing I would say on that is you don't have to share everything. You know, we talk about informing the team and I think it's important, you know, you've got to be comfortable with what you are sharing. You don't need to give you know, if it's a financial problem, you don't need to give the exact breakdown, you know, we're in our overdraft and I can't actually, I don't know where the money's coming to pay your salary this month that, you know, there are certain things which I don't think are productive to share. If somebody asks me outright, I will never lie to somebody, but I possibly won't, you know, share details that don't need to be shared or share details with somebody that actually relate to somebody else. I don't think that's fair to do either. I also think in terms of like that example of we're in our overdraft, you know, if you just share that that once, And actually, you don't mention, but we're often in our overdraft and it's not as bad as it sounds. That team member who maybe finance isn't their strong suit and understanding the inner workings of how a business is put together, that could send them into an absolute panic mode. Yeah, you don't need to get right into the detail if that person hasn't had the full picture before and isn't necessarily going to understand that detail, but also... We have to trust that, you know, our teams are smart and they get it. So we can give them some of the basics to paint the picture without putting the fear of God in them. Yeah, totally agree. It's all about having that plan and painting the overall picture, isn't it? And I think when you're communicating what's maybe not going to plan and, you know, explaining the challenges that you're currently facing, it's painting that picture within this is where we are now but you know we've been here before and we've got through it and this has happened and this is the plan and I think it's giving people action steps I I think it's really easy to present a problem and if you don't provide some solutions people can easily get into panic mode and even if you don't have the perfect solution yet and actually you need your team to help come up with the solution I think going to that conversation with a couple of potential solutions just allows everybody to breathe out and relax. And then when you're having that conversation about the action plan, it's a lot easier then to get people to come in, not from a place of fear. They're coming from a really proactive place where they're going, okay, well, we've got, we've got plan A, we've got plan B, but maybe we can come up with plan C because five people thinking is going to be better than one person thinking. But I think giving almost a bit, you know, you know, when you're bowling and you have those little inflatable rail things that coming up, it's like putting those little rails in place. So you're kind of like, we're steering in this general direction. Don't worry, I've got you. Even if in your head, you may be thinking, maybe we don't quite have you. But I think giving that a little bit of, little bit of safety to your team then really helps you 
really open up where you can go in terms of fixing the problem and getting everybody's buy-in to help support moving forwards. Yeah, absolutely. Because keeping that safety means people are much more likely to still push things, you know? Like as soon as we get worried, as soon as we feel like the perimeter's coming in, we play really safe. And that's actually when we don't move as far forward in the business. So we kind of want to keep that safety, get the team involved, like encourage, you know, the, that dialogue to open up, get them to seek their input, get their ideas. You know, this is where we are. These are the problems. These are the barriers. These are the obstacles. But we're not actually sinking. You know, you want them to keep pushing it forward and collectively come up with some really good ideas, take ownership of problems, collaborate on stuff. And by starting, by opening that dialogue yourself, by being kind of, honest and open and saying there is a problem then that helps your team jump in and and help you solve it and also open up further down the line if they have problems with stuff you know they're not then hiding if a certain area of the business that they're responsible for is not doing so well you know this is a culture where we say okay this is not as good as it could be but let's work out how we can move it forward as a team and it gives everybody that confidence also, we're then we're not just landing this bombshell on our team and then never giving any feedback on it. I've definitely seen this happen, you know, like a, a leader has opened up and said, you know what, we're going through a bit of SH1T at the moment and we need everyone on board to kind of solve it. And you're like, OK, great, let's try and help. But then they've never come back to communicate, hey, we're actually moving forward faster than we thought we could. We're totally you know, moving out of the water now, please don't worry about your jobs, everything's fine. Or, you know, these are the amazing changes that we've made because each team member is working in a different department. They can't necessarily see the leaps forward that another department might be making. So it's really important to keep updating the team on that situation, like manage the expectations, keep the team involved as much as you need to, but let them know when you're like out of the woods as well. And I think with that as well, it's it's not only keeping people updated, but also keeping the doors open. So as people's worries change as, you know, you're fixing the problem as they will, because the initial worry will be different to the worry that's a month later and a, the worry that's a month later from that. It's continuing to keep that door open so your team can bring any concerns to you and you're making sure you're getting on top of any of those little niggles really early on so they don't spiral into something that then is actually another issue for you to be stressing about yeah absolutely really important to keep that going I think also in these situations this is when we can really get back to emphasizing the areas where our team strengths are so whenever people are hiring and bringing in teams I always want them to know each team member, what is their area of expertise? What is the question that they're always asked? They, every team member should have one question that they can ask that gets them to push their job that bit further. So say, for example, you were systems and processes. You might always be asking yourself, how can I make this simpler? How can I make this more effective? So then we were like really getting back into, okay, where is each person's strength? How can that person move forward in their area? How can that person move forward with their strengths? So collectively, 
we're all moving forward on this challenge. And I think there's nothing, there's nothing like a challenge in a business to unite the team and get them to work together. Like if we think of all the TV shows like Survivor, I'm a celebrity, all these people that freaking hate each other and they come in and they're like encouraging each other to eat worms so they can all have something nice to eat. But that kind of collective challenge like really really motivates the team so yes it's a terrible time to be going through like these struggles in the business but it's also an opportunity to really unite the team and actually move forward in amazing ways that we perhaps wouldn't have if that challenge hadn't come up so it's just about maintaining that trust get the anxiety levels down because we've been open about where we're at and get the team to work together to hit those targets and and maybe even surpass like the financial situation that you were in before the struggle arrived. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love how you're bringing I'm a celebrity into business, but <laughs> it is literally so true. It's having that common enemy. And if you've got that con- common enemy, you all want to work together to fight it. And if that is, you know, a lack of sales, well, then you're just pulling everybody in together, aren't you, to, to fight and solve that problem. And I know a lot of the time with you know, worries that we have as business owners and sharing with the team, you know, financial issues are often the first thing we think about. It's, you know, we don't have enough money or we're worried about sales or costs, but there are other things as well that might be happening in the business, which can kind of put us in a difficult position as a leader about how much do we share or we not share. So I'd love to know, Georgia, from your perspective, if we've fired someone say or a team member's been moved on because they're not performing how do we deal with this because obviously we can't not say anything and just turn up one day and there's just somebody not there in the team meeting because you know that's pretty obvious and a bit of an awkward elephant in the room situation but also you know there's a degree you know to respecting people and not putting the fear of you know god and people that they're going to lose their jobs how would you go around dealing with a situation like that and communicating that with the team Please don't fire people and then just never mention them ever again. Like they never existed because firstly, that is just weird. And also, whether or not that person didn't work out, they probably have added some value to the business in some way. And I think that should always be celebrated. Interrupting our own episode to bring you the exciting news of brand new Scaling Simplified VIP Days. If you are ready to simplify scaling to seven figures, this is the day for you. Together, we will deep dive into your team, finance and operations so that we can create your bespoke step-by-step scaling strategy. For more information, check out the link in the show notes. It's really similar to giving any type of feedback. This is never an attack on somebody's personality. This is never about this person just wasn't good enough or they just, they just, we just didn't really like them in the team or they created a bad atmosphere. It has to be much more constructive than that. Now, it can be a really good opportunity to showcase what you're trying to achieve in the business and perhaps when, when people, one, fall short. So the main thing is I want you to think about how do you want your team to feel hearing about this? How do you want them to relate to this experience of somebody that perhaps didn't meet up to certain criteria that you were hiring for or you had asked them to achieve? So it's kind of getting a little bit specific in areas, but not so specific that you're slagging off <laughs> to what <laughs> 
and that person could do their job because that's not necessary for anyone. And also remember the, the team member that you're talking about will be friends with your other team members probably. They will have had conversations around the struggles that they were having. And there's always two sides to the truth. So we're not trying to like make them look bad or that they weren't a good person. We're just being honest in terms of the situation. So for example, say you had to let somebody go because you had taken them on to manage a project that actually really they needed too much management from you. So their, their work style was somebody that loved to be given a list of things to work through and then be given another list. But actually you needed someone that could really oversee the project. So perhaps you're saying, okay, unfortunately we've parted ways. We've realized that X's capabilities just didn't match what this role needed, which meant that she wasn't enjoying it day to day because we were almost giving her too much autonomy. Perhaps you're not going to say it in that way, but that's basically what's happened. The role has actually felt stressful for her because she hasn't quite got the right skills for the project management that we need. Now, potentially that's on us for not hiring the right person in the first place. And we realized that, but it also meant that this was no longer an enjoyable role for her because she couldn't keep up with the expectations of the project management. So you've made it quite clear that it wasn't right for both of you. And I think it's just having that openness, but never in that did we belittle her, what she does or the way she does it, because actually she's a phenomenal person at working through a list but we needed something slightly different in this role. And she didn't have that, which was making it stressful for her. That is so useful, Georgia. And I feel like that's a podcast episode you need to save. So when you're about to have this conversation, you can just listen to that little section again and be like, right, I'm ready to go have this conversation with my team. Because, you know, I know from personal experience, it is it's bad enough firing someone. That's a conversation no one wants to have, right? And then it's even as bad and then it's just as bad having to go and tell your team and, you know, have the worries that people might fear that their job's at risk and, you know, all the other things that come into your head. And I think if you can go in, as you say, and you're very matter of fact about it and you you never belittle somebody and you celebrate what they have brought to the business and, and it's an opportunity to highlight, you know, what good looks like in the business and maybe what bad looks like in the business, it helps clarify that to your team. And I think being really honest about it then allows them to bring any questions or concerns to you. And it it just stops it from being a really awkward conversation, which, you know, by not having the conversation is made super awkward, right? Yeah, absolutely. We don't want all that sort of whispering in the background. We've all, I mean, we talked about this earlier. We've both been in situations where people have left the business and nothing has ever been said about it <laughs> it's isn't just it so weird though like when you you know someone's in the business and they're suddenly just not there and nobody says anything and I mean I've only ever experienced this in corporate but it's just it's odd and then then the whisper mill and the rumor mill starts and that is so much worse and that's what as a boss you want to like cut off at the neck before it even begins because the last thing you want is the rumors flying around the team about what actually happened yeah because for the first two days it detracts from anyone doing any actual work because they're trying to get to the bottom of this detective mystery <laughs> I love it okay so 
it, the the key to this then is being really clear on what we're saying, going in with a bit of a plan. I often find that it, I will write a few bullet points down. If I'm, if I'm a little worried about exactly how I'm going to communicate something, I'll have a think about it before I communicate it, write down some bullets. So I'm sticking to my points and we always make it about the role and never about the person. And I think this, you know, this translates into so many conversations you can have within your team. But let's think about then some of the things that really help us understand why being transparent is useful in the team and some of the, the benefits of transparency has within a team. Absolutely. OK, so number one, that open communication is going to build trust. If you are openly sharing information, both positive stuff, challenging stuff that's going on, you're going to build a culture of trust and honesty, which means your team members are going to come forward with stuff to you. And you're not protecting anyone then by telling the truth, because that would be doing them a disservice. You're actually saying, these are the problems. This is how I want us to try and tackle it. Tackle it. Let's, let's, Let's all get involved, basically. But you're also balancing that tra transparency with positivity. So we're not just telling people that the whole world is ending, the business is falling apart, and then we're just going to sort of wallow in that for two days until everybody feels completely demotiv <laughs> demotivated. We're sort of saying, you know, this is the problem, but we're backing it up with positive things. So we've been here before. This is what we've did. We did. You know, this isn't actually the end of the world. The tipping point for making this better is this, and we're aiming for this, you know? So we're looking for the positive actions to move forward and how we can kind of maintain that morale and motivation and bring the team together to work on stuff. Yeah, and I think it's all about getting the team involved in that decision-making. And I can think about a, a really good example of this. When I um, got long COVID earlier this year, I obviously was, my brain frog was out of control and my team picked up on this very quickly. So obviously I had to step back and work a lot less. And I really encouraged my team at this stage to help make decisions about what was important, which bits of my role they could pick up. And rather than me going, I need you to do this, 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 I opened up the conversation and people were volunteering. Well, why don't I do this bit? Because this, I'm really comfortable doing this bit. And, you know, why don't I pick up this bit from you? Because I already know how to do it. I've spoken to this person about it. And that then meant because people are involved in it, they don't feel that there's something bad. They don't feel that they're being forced to do something or feel uncomfortable. They feel a part of it. And I think then when you're asking people to step up, it's a lot easier if people feel like they've made the decision to step up rather than you forcing them to step up because that's that's really not going to help you. And I think within that then is really setting those clear expectations, like communicating where we're trying to get to. We know that this is going to be a tipping point. We know it's a hard time, but this is what we're aiming for. And being really transparent about everybody's involvement in getting towards that. So everybody knows you know, walking away, they're not sat still in the fear. They're like, right, I know exactly what I need to do with my job. I know what good looks like. I know what we're aiming for as a team. And then it helps people see that progress and keeps them motivated because they're like, well, one step closer, we signed one more client or we've sold another 10K worth of this product this month or whatever it might be. And I know that my part is actually actively helping us get out of this little hole that we're in at the moment. Absolutely. I love that. And that links in with those kind of regular updates. So if you're going to be transparent, then you have 
to keep giving regular updates of how things are changing, how things are improving, like what's the company's progress? Like how are we meeting these future plans that we set? And it's going to help with those expectations and it's going to massively reduce any uncertainty. So everyone stays kind of motivated. And I think we said before, like your team aren't stupid. They know, they know when something is amiss, whether that is a team member is underperforming, you're a little bit stressed, whatever it is, be proactive in addressing those concerns. You know, if your team are are raising concerns, like be proactive with dealing with that. We've got to be kind of responsive to these things and show that we're committed to this open communication, you know, that we want our our team to be happy and feel secure and motivated and and look after their well-being, really. So, yeah, address these things quickly. Be proactive about stuff. Yeah. And I think it's important also to understand that it's okay to use discretion and, you know, carefully choose what information is shared with different people and the level of information, you know, there have definitely been times where things haven't been going to plan or there's been an issue with the team. And I will speak to one or two, you know, more senior members of the team or people that I trust who've been with the business for a lot longer who are in a management role. And, you know, there are certain, there's certain bits of information I will share with them, but I'm not going to share out with junior members of the team because they don't need to be worried that something's not happened or we're struggling with this or the other, you know, the, the real intricate details of it. So I think it's understanding you know, what do I need to tell? What's critical that I share? And who is it that I'm sharing with? Because I've definitely found that, you know, being very transparent with senior members of the team has really allowed me to get a really good action path. And then together, we've crafted how we're going to share this out with the wider team. And that not only allows you to sort of, you you have the confidence then because you've already got a step ahead and you other people in the team know what's going on to the level that they need to. And it, you know, it's a really difficult balance with all these things, but I think trusting your gut there and knowing where somebody's skills might really help you with something is really important. And it takes away the pressure from you explaining, you know, all the way up from your ops manager down to customer services, the intricate details of your PL when things are not going well, which you don't need to be doing. You know, certain people aren't going to understand all bits of information. So thinking, okay, what pieces of information do you really need to understand about this? Like if it's a website issue, the tech side of things really need to understand how bad it is. But, you know, someone in customer services, they don't need to understand the details of it, but they do need to understand the impact and what that then means for them. So I think it's okay to use that discretion and it's okay to, you know, as as long as the message is clear and cohesive for everyone, so you don't suddenly have three different stories being painted, you know, it's okay for some people to know a little bit more that's very relevant to their role and other people, you know, to know just what they need for that role. And I suppose what comes with that is thinking about your communication style in everybody's different, right? And some people want to know the hard truth, the facts, say it to them that, you know, they're not going to be worried. They don't need things sugarcoated. They don't, you know, that we're going to say a positive, then we're going to tell you the bad thing, but then we're going to say the positive. They're like, I want to know the facts. I want to know what the plan is. And they're very matter of fact, whether are going to be other members of your team, you know, who are maybe a bit more emotional and you need to kind of paint a bit more of a picture and, you know, really make sure that you spend time explaining where they fit in and what that means for them. And I think a lot of the time is understanding 
how somebody's thought process works and then going, well, this is how best to communicate with you about this one thing, I think is really important because, you know, what you communicate with your customers if something's going wrong is completely different to what you're going to communicate with your team, which is, again, probably really different with what you're going to communicate with your, you know, director of staff or operating manager who's like your your right hand person so it's it's really understanding what am I sharing with each each personal group and how am I explaining myself to them yeah I love that there's a quote they won't remember what you said they won't remember what you did but they'll remember how you made them feel and I think when we're trying to communicate these changes with our team that's what we're trying to get to we're almost trying to be to the point about this is the problem but we're delivering it in a way that shows them that we give a shit how it's affecting them that you know we we care we're compassionate we want we want to solve this and make this work and i think you will come up with so many different obstacles like this when you're leading a business but if we can reflect on the ones that we have had before you know what worked well how did we deliver something that actually it did go down quite well and people understood and they embraced and they got on board or where was the situation where we maybe didn't share as much as we should have? And actually, we had to share it later on. The team really stepped up, you know. So if you can think about how you've done things before and constantly refine that process, improve on it, you know, adapt how you deliver things, how you contribute, like how you build that culture of continuous improvement, it's going to really change the way things move forward. I think the key point is it's about whatever feels comfortable for you, isn't it? You know, it's your business. It's your level of communication. The ground rule should be if it's something that's worrying you, you need to talk about it. You should talk about it. But is it for your team? Is it them that you need to talk about it? Or is it somewhere else? You know, as entrepreneurs, we are going to have these struggles. So we need to decide, do I share this with my team? Do I share this with another entrepreneur that's going to understand this struggle better and can actually help me bounce some ideas? Or am I going to take this to my coach and discuss the options with them? So sometimes we want to be transparent with the team, but we always need to think about, actually, we need to talk about this with someone. So who is best placed to help us? Thank you for listening to Scaling Simplified with me, Pip Harland. And me, Georgia Fitzgerald. If you've loved this episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review. We love it when you get in touch. So head to the show notes and drop us a DM or send us an email. We want to hear all about your business.